quick note before we begin. Our episodes often deal with traumatic events related to mental illness, including suicidal ideation, self-harm, and physical, mental, or sexual abuse. We urge extreme caution for listeners under the age of 13. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Also, a reminder that any discussion about medical treatment for mental illness is solely based on the experience of the individual and should not be considered as medical advice. If you are experiencing mental health issues, please see a medical professional. All right, well, welcome everybody into the fifth episode of Stories from the Edge. We're back after a two-week break. I was gallivanting about the country in Iowa City, Iowa, to see a Penn State-Iowa football game, one of the better games of the year. Uh, disappointed in the outcome, but got to see some some really good friends of mine who I hadn't seen in a while, um, and then uh, came back to a lot of work. So last week, we didn't crank out an episode either, but we are back this week, We uh, episode five, and I am super excited to have on with me tonight uh, Gary Sawyer. Gary uh, is a counselor with the Trinity Christian Counseling in Lakeland, Florida, and um, we, we know each other because Gary was my counselor after I got out of the hospital uh, following everything I was going through in 2016 with depression and, and suicidal ideation and a suicide attempt. And so, Gary, welcome to the show. It's really good to have you. Ryan, thank you. Great privilege to be with you tonight. Good, good to be back with you. <laughs> well, um, I know that we've we've kept in touch a little bit um, over the years uh, via text message and things like that. Um, and not only did Gary do my counseling after I get out of the hospital, Gary also did premarital counseling with my wife Melissa and I. So that was really cool as well to kind of see uh, to see see him work with us through that. Um, and she's still around, Gary. You'll be happy to know. And so uh, I think we did something right. Good to hear, Ryan. You're doing something right. <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Knock on wood. We're we're coming up on three years. But um, Gary, I just you know to start off, um, you know, first of all, absolutely love having you on. Super thankful for that. But you've got a really interesting background when it comes to counseling. This is not something you've done your whole life. In fact, you worked, I think, in the citrus industry for like 30 years or something like that. Tell people a little bit about um, kind of your background. Uh, you, you went to Florida Southern College, which is where I worked at one point in time. Um, and then for 30 years, you weren't doing counseling. And then you, you pivot to this later in life. Um, I'm fascinated by that and would love to hear more of that story and, and how you came to get into counseling. Uh, Ron, I grew up in a little town uh, 11 miles from Lakeland, Florida, called Plant City. My father was an attorney, and um, he liked to play golf, but he got to the place where he had tendonitis so bad that he couldn't play golf. So he and his law partner bought an orange grove when I was uh, probably 12 or 13 years old, and I got interested in citrus um, by doing that. Uh, I'm an Eagle Scout. And I like the outdoors, and I, so I've, I kind of got interested in, in citrus and wanted to pursue that uh, in college. 
And back in the early 80s, if you wanted to study citrus, the place to go in Florida was Florida Southern College, where you could actually get a degree in citrus. So uh, I pursued that, um, uh, got a degree in citrus management in 1981, and I went to work for an agricultural chemical company. Um, and um, the company uh, today is called Syngenta. Uh, it's a company out of Switzerland, but I had a very great career with them in the legacy companies. We we became about five different companies over 30 years because we bought other companies, but I survived all that. And I had a very good career uh, working in uh, citrus and vegetables, mostly citrus, um, working with dealers and retailers and with the big citrus growers uh, in Florida. Um, and... Uh, enjoyed that career very, very much. And uh, it took care of my family and really blessed me for 30 years. Now, obviously, um, I, I do have to ask how one becomes so interested in citrus, but you know, I lived in Florida, so it's all over the place. So I kind of understand for those of you that don't live in Florida, you probably just, it, this sounds absolutely crazy to you, I'm sure. Uh, but having lived in Florida and seeing all the citrus groves everywhere, um, you know, that, that makes sense to me. Um, so, so you do that for, for, you know, 30 years or, or whatever it was. And then, and then, you know, what is it that made you decide, Hey, I wanted to go into counseling. During that time, uh, I, I did a lot of uh, work in churches, too. Um, I was a deacon and an elder in, uh, in a couple of different churches, and um, I was also a scoutmaster. I was a scoutmaster for 20 years and had the privilege of mentoring a, a bunch of young men, uh, 33, as a matter of fact, to the rank of Eagle Scout over that 20 years. I had a lot of help. But dealing with uh, a lot of families in church and in scouts and actually in business, too, I would you get to know a lot of people uh, on a regular basis day to day by by selling them products and helping them with their their problems, especially in agriculture. And uh, they they would share their lives with me. They would tell me about problems and tell me about challenges. And um, uh, I. I don't have many skills in life, but I listen very well. <laughs> and um, so one thing kind of led to another. Um, uh, after 30 years, it was time to maybe do something else. Uh, and that turned out to be a good thing because the citrus industry uh, came down with a very serious disease right about mm -hmm. then called greening disease. And it has really decimated the Florida citrus industry the last uh, 20 years or so. Um, so God's timing was in that, and I was led to ministry, and that ministry turned out to be counseling. Now, obviously, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, you talk about kind of mentoring, you know, young men with Eagle Scouts and things like that. So it seems to me that counseling in some ways would, would sort of almost come naturally. What types of things, you know, when you were first going into it, um, uncharted territory probably a little bit for you, um, you know, what? Did you have a certain focus that you were looking at or, um, or or like a certain area that you really wanted to work with people on? Well, I, I wanted to approach things from uh, from a biblical worldview. Um, I had experienced um, a little bit of need for counseling. Um, my wife and I had been married for 42 years, and you you don't stay married that long without having a, a few challenges. Yep. 
And uh, we actually went to counseling a couple of times, couples counseling, and it really helped us, uh, especially from a biblical worldview. So uh, I knew that if I was going to be a counselor, that's what the approach I, I wanted to take. And so uh, the Reformed Theological Seminary in Oviedo, Florida, that is a, a little town right next to Orlando, Florida, uh, offered this program uh, as a master's degree. And I, I wanted to be theologically uh, trained at a seminary. And uh, that was a good opportunity. So I applied and um, uh, they accepted me. And that was a full-time program. Uh, I had to go straight through for two years, uh, lived in Orlando during the week and came home on the weekends. Uh, but I got a, a, a pretty good solid basis of what counseling was and what it wasn't and um, was drawn, Ryan, to uh, help men with their challenges. Uh, probably some of that was the Scoutmaster stuff and, uh, and also couples. And uh, that is a lot of what I focus on today is uh, I see a lot of couples. I help them with couples counseling, including premarital counseling. I help a lot of men in, as they struggle in their marriages, um, particularly today with pornography. It's, it's a blight on the, on the world today, and a lot of men are getting dragged into that. Um, and um, the other thing, curiously, is grief. Um, I got interested in helping people who were suffering through the loss of people and struggling with that. So uh, those are kind of the three areas that I work in is couples counseling, uh, helping men through through some issues to be the men that God is calling them to be. And then um, uh, the last thing is, is, is grief counseling, especially with people who are having a, a lot of trouble with that, uh, working through that in life. So I want to touch on, on the counseling men, because I would imagine in a, in a lot of ways um, that could perhaps be a little more difficult. I think the stigma has started to lift on men with, with <laughs> mental illness and the need for counseling, but I certainly know that that's something that you know, a lot of, a lot of times in society, guys don't want to talk about their feelings and they don't want to talk about what's going on in life. What challenges does, does that present as a counselor, um, focusing on helping men through, through things? Uh, you were right about that. Um, uh, if you looked at a lot of counseling that goes on in the, at least in the United States, the majority of people who go to counseling are women. Uh, they're much more comfortable with, with going and, and, and sharing their lives uh, with, with someone that's, that's hopefully that is safe. And um, they're, they're just more, more wired to do that. Men are, are a little bit more difficult. Um, men um, really try to solve everything they can before they, they would come to see me or come to see another counselor. They've done everything they can to fix what's going on. And they finally get to a place where, where they're able to realize, I need some help. And if they can come to a place with uh, somebody that uh, is welcoming, somebody is safe, and they know it's confidential, and that they know that they can, they can tell a counselor anything, that it's not going anywhere, and that they really have their best interest at heart, um, uh, a lot of good things can happen sometimes. 
And one of the things I've told people too, at least my experience from counseling was it was really good to go to someone, especially at the beginning who didn't necessarily know, know me at all, because I felt like I wasn't going to just be told the things that I wanted to hear, but the things that I needed to hear and, and family and friends, they can be awesome when you're struggling and going through a tough time, but a lot of times they'll be kind of soft with you. Um, is that been your experience as a counselor that, you know, it, it's, it's sort of your spot to ask the questions or say the things that maybe other people wouldn't i think so i think uh i think counselors know the questions to ask and uh counselors are looking for a a presenting problem Mm -hmm. uh and a lot of times the presenting problem turns out not to be what's really going on and uh counselor can if he asks he or she asks the right questions can can kind of get get to a place in a person's heart as to what's really going on, and and then you can you can get some work done. Um. I I think um, you know one of the, one of the things I was going to ask you was how you know I'm sure that you obviously deal with heavy heavy things from from time to time or on on a pretty regular basis as a counselor. How do you as a counselor make sure that you're staying in the right mental space to be able to help other people? Well, I. Uh, I, I do have some other counselors that that uh, I can I can discuss things with, and uh, that is a helpful thing. Um, I think, Ryan, I think being a little bit older and with some life experience, that mm-hmm. that might help a little bit too. Um, um, we do hear some really some really hard things, um, but um, I've also got some really good experience with people. God showing up in their lives and really helping them through things. So God, God can be faithful uh, in our help with the, when when it comes to helping us. And um, so we we trust God. And um, you have some life experience, and you've got some experience now with with some successes that that you've had. So uh, it's a hard thing. It's it can be a really challenging thing. Um, uh, but, uh, we try to, we try to get through as best we can and try to leave, not take it home with us. Right. And that can be difficult sometimes. Yeah, a- absolutely. I think that's, I think that's tough in general for most people to not take their work home with them. But certainly when you're dealing with those types of issues, I would imagine that's, that's even more so. Um, what are some of the challenges, Gary, that, that counselors face in terms of connecting with people that they may be working with or, um, you know, or maybe what are some barriers that, that you have seen for people who want to seek counseling, but maybe they can't get it or they can't afford it or just, what does that kind of look like? What are some of the challenges, both from a counselor's perspective and a client's perspective? One of the biggest challenges, I think, in the world today with counseling is that um, this is kind of a blanket statement, but everybody needs counseling, but very few people can pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there, there are some pretty good gaps out there, especially in faith-based counseling. Um, some people, uh, if if you belong to a church, your pastor might be able to help you a little bit, but pastors pastoral staffs are very busy um, and they don't have the time to devote to uh, to people who, you know, really might need them on a weekly or a, a bi-weekly basis. Um, things are complicated today, too, and it's really easy to get over your head uh, with, with situations and problems. Uh, like, I don't do any substance abuse counseling. I'm not really qualified to, you know, to do that, so I refer 
things like that out. Um, and you kind of have to know, uh, you know, what you're dealing with and uh, if you feel like you're competent to, uh, you know, to tackle it. Okay, so cost is, is, is really hard for, you know, for people. Um, I think, um, I think, I think the world puts a lot of pressure on us today in regard to, to temptations and to really to selfishness. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, 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 a lot of people will come into counseling and, um, they're not ready for it, um, or they're not fully committed to it or. Uh, especially with couples, if I got a couple that both people are working on toward the same thing, if they will both own uh, that they have made some mistakes and they want to change those, you can you can get a lot done. Um, but um, that that can be a that can be a, a really big challenge is uh, trying to get people on the same page and being willing to to work toward change. I think that's a, that's a really important thing I, I think to, to key in on. And I want to ask a little bit more about that is, is the challenges that you face as a counselor to sometimes maybe get buy-in from people that, that are coming to see you. I know, you know, for me at the beginning, I, I was in such a, a deep state of depression and in such a bad place. It was like, well, this isn't going to do anything for me. Um, and, and, but it does, if you commit to it and you work at it, do you find that that's maybe the most difficult part of, of counseling is to, to get people to really, really work at the things they need to work at? I think a lot of people, Ryan, think, think counseling is just, you come in and you tell what's going on and people, and you get advice mm -hmm. and that that's not what it is. Um, counseling is about discovering, um, what, what is really going on and how you're dealing with it and, and, uh, how you need to change. Um, because the only person that, that anyone can change this themselves. Right. Um, and so you, a counselor can't just tell someone what to do. They have to lead and walk with the person uh, through the thing they're struggling with um, and let the person's heart change uh, so that so that they buy into it, that they believe it, and they're willing to, to give it a try, not just because the counselor says it's a good idea. Absolutely. And, and I definitely experienced that when, when, you know, you and I were, were going through things and working together with some stuff as well. Um, one of the things I want to touch on is, you know, I, I, I have had some friends, I've had some people in my life that have come to me and, and been like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm going through a tough time. And I'll say, have you tried counseling? And they're, they balk at it, right? They're, they're, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I don't need to do that. If you've, if, there was someone out there listening to this right now who's thought about counseling, who it's been suggested to, but they're just not ready to make that step yet. What would you say to that person uh, about why counseling is important and why they should do it? I would say to that person, you go ahead and try to solve whatever the problem is that you have the best way that you can. Um, but if you get to a place where it's just not working, um, uh, there is great wisdom, worldly wisdom, biblical wisdom, um, human wisdom, in asking other people to walk with you and, mm -hmm. to, and to help you. Um, uh, the human race has advanced to, to where we are uh, with a lot of cooperation with each other. And uh, back to the biblical point of view, we are not 
designed or built to be alone. We are to operate in community. And um, that includes marriages, that includes families, that includes in churches, uh, includes friendships. Um, people have to have uh, friendships and we have to have connections with other people. Um, and so um, uh, there is help there and there is safe help there going to a counselor where you can share your heart, where it won't go anywhere else, and that this person who you're, you're talking to uh, has unmitigated um, loyalty to you uh, to tell you the truth uh, and to try to help you through whatever you're, whatever you're going, going through. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. And it's certainly something that I want everybody who's listening to know is that, you know, it's not something that you need to be ashamed of. And it's somebody that wants to help you. And that's absolutely what you need at that point in your life. If, if you've reached that point, um, and that you need somebody to just kind of walk along with you. So the, uh, really, really good points there with all that. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back um, and got a couple more questions from you, Gary. And then I've got some fun stuff at the end for you as well, if, if you're willing to answer some fun questions. Yes, yes, yes. All right, awesome. Well, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Hey, everyone, it's Ryan. Thanks for listening to Stories from the Edge. We hope that you are loving the podcast. Hey, make sure you give us a five-star review. Share the podcast with your friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and most other podcast platforms. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Stories Edge Pod. And you can visit us online at anchor.fm slash stories from the edge. Also a reminder, you can find helpful mental health resources in the show notes. That's it for now. Let's get back to the show. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, really happy to have Gary Sawyer from Trinity Christian Counseling in Services in Lakeland, Florida with me. Uh, as we touched on in the first half of the episode, Gary was my counselor um, when I went through my major depressive episode five years ago and, and also was the premarital counselor for uh, my wife, Melissa, and I. So um, very fond memories of, of working with Gary and, and kind of keeping up with him over the years. He was at our wedding in 2018. So uh, that was that was cool to see him there, of course, as well. Um, and, you know, Gary, we touched on a lot of really good things. I thought in the first half of the episode, a little bit about your background, you know, maybe some of the, some of the reasons that, um, maybe people don't go to counseling and they should, and, and kind of some of the challenges even that you face as a counselor. Uh, I want to get into to the one question that I definitely wanted to, to ask before I kind of shift gears a little bit here. But, you know, one of the things that I've heard from from friends of mine who have asked about counseling is like, well, what if I don't mesh with the counselor? Like, what if I go and, you know, I just don't get along well with that person? Uh, what advice do you have there? I mean, in my mind, it's, it you know, it's like, hey, go back a couple of times. And if it doesn't work, you can always find somebody else and they can probably help recommend somebody to you. And right, that's a good answer. Um, you you really need to to have a rapport with your counselor. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you go a couple of times and um, you you're just not meshing good, you just you just don't feel good about it. Uh, it's totally okay to say to the counselor, uh, "Listen, thank you so much, but um, uh, I, I'm just I'm, I'm just not getting anywhere with this. I just don't." don't feel like I ought to feel about this. And um, uh, I, I'm probably going to try somebody else. Um, and that is okay. That is really okay. Um, I, I've had some people do that. Uh, and um, because we want, we want 
our clients to do well. Right. Um, and um, uh, every counselor is not going to fit with every client, so it is totally okay to, to you know to to try someone else if you don't feel like uh, uh, they're on the same page with you, they have the same beliefs, you know th- that you do. Um, uh, there's just a, just a lot of reasons, um, and there are a lot of counselors out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to. Uh, uh, I used to say in Orlando, there are, there are a couple of counseling schools there that, that uh, this is a Southern colloquialism that, you know, you can't sling a dead cat in Orlando without hitting a counselor. <laughs> so there, there are plenty of choices out there. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about the perspective that you, that you bring to counseling and the approach that you bring to counseling. And that's done from a biblical perspective. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've, I've talked to people about um, both, in episodes on the podcast and through through just talking with them about my experience is that my faith and and my belief and my my um, identity as a Christian and as a child of God was really really important for me um, in my recovery five years ago and continues to be an important part of of my everyday life um, and so I want to talk a little bit about that with you and and kind of why you know you you choose to come at it from the Christian perspective why you know in your estimation that's sort of the best way to deal with that uh, with those issues and and come at it that way obviously I know it's it's shaped a lot by how we're brought up and things like that and you know you you worked in churches and things like that and, and were very involved so I'm sure that had a, a big impact as well but tell me a little bit about why why you approach things from that Christian perspective why it's important and how it can really be helpful maybe for someone who's maybe not a Christian even? I, Ryan, I think um, our traditions, our stories are really important, and that does shape how we how we face things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, was brought up in a Christian home. I'm very blessed to be able to do that. I am an evangelical Christian. I am a Jesus follower. Um, um, but I've also come to, to believe by, by studying the scriptures and, and living, living life that uh, the Bible is ultimate truth. There is an ultimate truth in the universe. Uh, and that ultimate truth is that there is a God and he cares for us. He is good. Um, and because he's good and because he cares for us, uh, we have hope. And if we can have hope, hope and enthusiasm are always tied together. We can embrace life and we can face things. And God does let us go through things. We, if if we believe uh, the doctrines of the of the Bible, uh, we live in a fallen world. Sin is a real thing. Um, people uh, people are are basically good, but we do bad things. Mm-hmm. And when we do bad things, we, we need a remedy for that. We need a, a remedy uh, for eternity, and we need a remedy to, to deal and to work with our fellow man. And we get hurt by people, and, and we, we hurt people. And so we have to have a remedy for that. And um, I'm rambling on here a little bit too long, <laughs> but uh, I use a basic formula just about every day mm-hmm. with – with uh, the people that I work with. And that remedy is that forgiveness plus repentance equals restoration. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness plus repentance equals restoration. So 
when we get hurt or if we hurt people, uh, that formula, if people will participate in that, it, it works mm -hmm. uh, because it involves God and it involves other people. And it helps us move through things that can be devastating at times. Now, obviously, um, you know, I, not everybody is going to come at it from that perspective. Not everybody listening to this podcast necessarily even believes that there, that there is a God. Um, but you know, I, I think that there are even for, even for those folks, truth that can be found, um, in, in the wisdom that is in the Bible. Have you ever worked with, I'm sure you have worked with folks who weren't Christians who didn't believe in that. And what was that like to work with those folks? Um, all the time. Um, um, uh... Uh, people come with, with no faith. They come with very little faith. Um, but again, um, the, the concept of forgiveness and repentance, uh, that works outside of uh, any kind of biblical or religious context. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, very secular psychiatrists would tell you that, um, that if we don't forgive people and we, we don't have a way to move on from being hurt, that we let people live uh, rent-free in our minds uh, for the rest of our lives, and it controls us. So um, uh, biblical principles, I, I might call them biblical principles, that they have very real application mm -hmm. uh, where people are not believers or people have very little faith or have a different faith than Christianity. <laughs> Uh, one of the other areas that, that I wanted to, to touch on briefly before we get into some of the fun stuff was I've had people come to me and they're like, where do I start with, with find, like, I want to go to counseling. I don't know how to start. Where do I go? What resources are out there for folks? What advice would you give to someone who's like, Hey, I need to get help. I just don't know where to start. Well, um, if, uh, everything is on the internet today, yep. <laughs> um, uh, um, people find me. Uh, because I have some ads out there. Mm -hmm. I have, and you know, if if if, if people, uh, I guess you start with uh, you going on the internet, and whether it's uh, uh, Google or DuckDuckGo or Bing or what, whatever it is, and uh, you you probably need to to, to search counseling. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are looking for a specific, the more specific you can get, the closer you'll probably get to narrowing it down to you know to who you want. Um, I really kind of put it out there, you know, in my particular case that, that, you know, I am a, uh, uh, I am a, a biblical counselor, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm also a licensed mental health counselor with the state of Florida. Right. So, uh, you know, I bring both, both sets of skills and knowledge to the, to the table. I hope, <laughs> I hope I do <laughs> anyway. And, uh, people who find me, they are looking for, they probably have some kind of, uh, tradition of uh, at least some kind of Christian t tradition that that they want some kind of faith-based uh, counseling. That's how they find me. I I really put it out there, and so people find me for for that reason. But um, I, people need to start with the internet because that's the way that's the way everything happens. Um, and um, they might start with their friends too. Mm -hmm. Hey, have you ever been to counseling? You know, how would I approach, you know, trying to trying to find that? Because a lot of people have been to counseling today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think a lot more people than people even realize have, have been to counseling. And, and I, I certainly think that that's a good thing. And those people are good resources for for reference. One last more serious question before we get to the fun stuff. If we see someone that may be struggling with something, whether it's depression, it could be anxiety, it could be addiction, whatever it might be. 
is there a way for us as friends or loved ones to approach them and say, hey, I think you might need some help. Here's a suggestion. You know, maybe try, maybe, maybe it's, hey, go to counseling, go see a psychiatrist, whatever it might be. But how, how do you suggest that we approach people in a way that they're going to be kind of accepting of it and, and not just, you know, kind of freak out on us? I, I think, I, I think what we have to do is we have to, uh, if you have a friend, I think you need to show them that you care mm-hmm. and, and you show people that you care by not telling them things, but by asking them questions. Um, uh, friend, you seem to be, uh, struggling with some things. Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then being willing to give them the time to, to let them talk and then to ask them some more questions about, about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully they might want to share some things with you. And if you will give them the time to ask more questions, they would get to the point where you might even be able to say, well, friend, have you, have you tried counseling? Have you thought about, about that? You know, sometimes we get to the point in life where we can't do everything by ourselves. We can't take our appendix out. We can't fill our own tooth. If we have a cavity, We need some help with things sometimes. Have you have you have you thought about that? It's uh, I I might be willing to you know to help you a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the best way to uh, to approach someone is to is to ask questions and 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 try to show some genuine concern about what's going on. We we ask we don't we don't tell. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really important is to is to ask not to tell people not to necessarily try to fix their problems but just be someone that's that's there and listens. Something I don't think we do enough of in our society today is listen or at least listen without constantly thinking of what we're going to say next. I know that I'm really guilty of that. So um, you know I think really really good stuff from you there. Well, let's get into the fun questions now. I want to roll this back to the beginning when we talked about citrus. What is your favorite mm-hmm. citrus fruit and why? Uh, my favorite citrus fruit is probably the uh, it's probably the Mineola tangelo. Okay. Mineola tangelo. A tangelo is a cross between a orange and a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. And this particular variety, um, uh, it is really super sweet. It gets ripe in December and January. That is actually one of my favorite uh, citrus fruits to eat. So and we didn't plan that ahead of time. So that's awesome. I also think they're shaped really cool. So um, yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, that's really, they're, really they're, funny. They're, they're pear, kind of pear shaped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, yeah, they are. They are shaped like pears. That's, that's funny. Um, you know, what? if you could travel somewhere for like, I don't know, two, three months, like cost is no, no obstruction. You don't have to worry about being away from work, things like that. Where would you want to go and explore? And, and I'm assuming you're taking your wife with you. So where would maybe yes. she want to go <laughs> and explore? Oh, that, that is easy. Uh, Great Britain. Oh, that's, have you ever been there? Uh, I've never been there, but that's kind of on our list. That's to, awesome. You know, to hit here the next few years, we, we would actually lo- love to go and, be able to stay there about six months and just uh, see everything that we want to have yeah. a have a base in a little cottage somewhere yep. in a smaller town and then just travel out from the, there Scotland the, Ireland go over to uh, 
take the tunnel and go to the Normandy beaches. <laughs> yes. And, uh, go, go to the Louvre and yep. see Paris. And um, that would be a, a wonderful trip. That's one of the things that amazes me about Europe is how close everything is. So when someone's like, oh, I backpack across Europe, I'm like, that's a pretty big, that's, wow, that's so much land. And you realize like, I mean, it's still a pretty big feat, but it's not, it's not quite as far as you imagine. I actually went to England for three weeks, um, like 20 years ago to visit a friend of mine who had moved there. And it's really cool. You should go. I, I highly recommend it. So much history, like everything's like super old, which is kind of cool. Um, if you can see a cricket match, see a cricket match, it's wild and weird and, and all kinds of fun. So that's a really, really good answer. I like that one a lot. And then my, my very last thing for you, Gary, is um, if there are folks out there who are, are listening to the podcast today and they're struggling mentally and, and, and that things just kind of feel like they're crashing down around them, what would you say to that person um, to not only encourage them, but also maybe some, some resources that they can go to, uh, to to help them? I would say to someone who's, who's really struggling, um, please, please, please. Tell somebody, tell, tell somebody that, that you're struggling. Um, if you have a little bit of community, um, uh, uh, start, you, you might start with, with your best friend. Uh, you might, if you have a church, you might start with a, with a pastor. If, if you're a student, um, it might be a, 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 a beloved teacher that you have or a, or a counselor mm -hmm. at, at school. Uh, if you are more by yourself, um, uh, there are lots of uh, hotlines and uh, call centers and things available today. Um, uh, but please, wherever you are, if you need some help with something, you're not alone. There are other people um, who, who feel the same way that, that you, you do, and there is help available. So, so share that with somebody, mm -hmm. and uh, help is available. Well, Gary, that's uh, that's awesome stuff. Thank you so much for coming on and being a guest. It's really great to talk to you again and reconnect a little bit. And uh, I hope you all get to go to England for six months at a time. That would be or Great Britain. That would be super awesome. Um, and hopefully that works out for you. Well, I'm really blessed to be be with you tonight. Uh, really great great to, to reconnect. Um, uh, good fortune and blessings uh with your podcast as you go forward well thank you so much well that that folks uh is going to wrap it up for episode number five of stories from the edge it's two week break but it's really great great to be back and even better to talk with gary this week so everyone thanks so much for listening to the podcast have an awesome week and we'll see you next week Thank you for listening to Stories from the Edge. Don't forget to share the podcast, write us a review, and follow us on social media. Stories from the Edge is hosted, written, and produced by Ryan Bauer. Copyright Boomtown Media 2021.